Coming up on this episode, we begin by discussing some neat DIY tech projects for your home, overpriced food items, and some other famous millers. Then we get into the week's tech news, including the potential dangers of FaceApp, why Apple and Intel make beautiful modems together, and why you shouldn't joke about airplane fatalities. Stick around, it starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 249, recorded July 22nd, 2019. Stranger Danger! Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and you. I am, of course, Sean Jennings, and I am joined, as always, by two guys single-handedly keeping the beer industry alive. It's Colby Rabideau and Dan Miller. One of them's a you Miller. It's in the true. The champagne of Dan's. <laughs> got it. We got to get a t-shirt made with his, with his <laughs> like, a cartoon version of his face. <laughs> Yeah. Honestly, I'm so honored because there are a lot of Dan's. Who oh, do you think is the I, best Dan? I, I'm going to take Rather? a stand here and, and say it's it's Dan Miller. Dan. I think Dan Miller is truly the champagne of Dan's. I've met a lot of Dan's in my Dan. life. I can't think of any other I, famous Dan's. And historically, like, not historically, but there's a good pun there, too. Like, it works because I'm awesome and also because of the last name pun. Exactly. Dennis Miller. Dennis? I'm just trying to think of other famous Millers, other than the beer people. Oh, you got the Steve Miller band. Oh, my. That's like that's a gimme. (laughs) I I would love to see the Dan Miller band, who's a cover band of the Steve Miller band. The Dan Miller, Steve Miller band. The the, the Dan Miller, Steve Miller experience. (laughs) (laughs) Now, fun fact, my dad's name is Steve Miller. Oh, wow. So, Your dad not, is Steve Miller? He's not not that one. <laughs> that is an actual person, right? They didn't just make up that name for the band? Uh, I'm not going to answer that out of risk of sounding like an idiot. I think so. Okay, all but, right. You know, you know, with band names, it's one of those things where... Uh, right, here, people make up all sorts of Wikipedia stuff. Wikipedia says, the band is led by Steve Miller on guitar and lead vocals. There you go. Yep, he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Question answered. So what's going on, guys? What's what's good in the hood? What's going down in Don't Panic Town? Oh God, it is so hot here. It is so hot. It's been quite a quite a week. Quite quite a two weeks. Now, fun fact: as of this after this evening, really, it's not that hot here. I like wore pants out of my apartment just because I could. And it's gonna be cool and again tomorrow fine. as well. Yeah. It's going to be below 70 degrees tomorrow. I'm going to, like, what? break out my parka. Global warming as if. <laughs> it's still, it still feels pretty warm here, but it does say it's only 72 degrees outside. It's going to go up tonight, though. How is that even possible? But, yeah, it looks like it will. Here it'll be below 80 tomorrow, which, by comparison, is almost 20 degrees cooler than it has been. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That'll be a nice change. I might even wear pants to work tomorrow. That'll be amazing because then I like I might actually be comfortable in the office. That just gets oh, you get you got a cold AC problem. Boy, do we! Yeah. Now, have you had this before? Is this a new phenomenon to you? Uh, I have had it before. It wasn't as bad at the previous office, so it's worse now that we moved. And it's also it's not that bad at my desk, but it varies by conference room. 
like different conference mm-hmm. rooms. Uh, our most frequented conference room, which is right next to our desks, is uh, appropriately called Freeze Pop uh, <laughs> because it's quite cold in there. So. Now, Colby, did you ever end up getting one of those sensor push things that I picked? Sensor push. I don't think so. What's that? Okay. Never mind. It's a what thing that it? lets you measure temperature. Oh, yeah. And I have one in my office. Dan, you will be pleased to know that my air conditioners uh, turn back on if you unplug them. Ooh. I was. I, I see a Wemo in your future. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real possibility. Uh, I, have, I have more follow-up for you, Colby. Have you done anything with your Raspberry Pi 4? No. Um, I do. It's here. It's okay. here. I did get this cool e-ink screen thing for it. Ooh. Um, but uh, the reality is that I have a lot of other chores to do because I just moved. Um, so, Yeah. I, I got a little overexcited about that that time, and it turns out I don't actually have time to do anything with it right now. Uh, so I got a Raspberry Pi last week, Pie and I installed. I don't remember if we talked about this on the show, but this thing called Pie Hole. Mm. Uh, is that the media server thing? No, Pie Hole is a thing that is like ad block for your entire network. Oh, yeah. You install this on your Raspberry Pi, and it's pretty easy to install, even for peeps who, uh, you know, maybe Sean, you haven't gotten real down and dirty with the Linux command line recently. Never heard of it. And you set on your router, you say, hey, the DNS server, instead of being like 8.8.8.8 or 1.1.1.1 or all of those, like, or your your ISP's DNS server, you set it to the IP address of the Raspberry Pi. And suddenly you get ad block on everything. Your PlayStation 4, your Apple TV, your phone, your laptop, obviously. Anything that connects to your Wi-Fi, all the ads are blocked. Which is pretty awesome. So That's And cool. you get you get cool stats. So here I can say that the, uh, <laughs> the top blocked domains are graph.instagram.com. And the top permitted domains are... Uh, uh, the Tile, the Tile app, tileservices.prodevents.amazonaws.com, followed by time.apple.com, which is, I actually wasn't expecting any of these things. <laughs> Weird. That's cool. That's pretty interesting. Time.apple.com. Huh. That sounds cool. Maybe I'll do that with mine. Oh, Crashalytics is the second most blocked domain? Hmm. Crashlytics. Yeah, so all of those apps encourage... crashing on your phone. <laughs> I would encourage you to do it because it, like, especially you got the four gigabyte one. Like, I only got the two gigabyte one. It doesn't take up that much uh, CPU, as far as I can tell. Hmm. That's cool. I don't plan on. I don't know. I I did the thing where I didn't have any solid plans for this, so I just got it, and now I have it, but don't have anything to do with it exactly so i might as well do this well i'm looking so i have a smart project that maybe you two or someone listening or someone in the world can help with because i want and i backed one on kickstarter a long time ago and they they didn't end up funding it i i want a smart home control panel for my wall 
Mm-hmm. Now, my plan was to, I have an old iPad. And so my plan was to mount that, but there really aren't any good apps out there that I could find that integrate the lights and the cameras and the thermostat and the smart switches and all the other, the Wemos and all the dumb smart shit I have in my house. Um, <laughs> and there are none that, that will display them <laughs> in a nice words. graphical way that does like calendar reminders and just does like a smart console. Yeah. I'm shocked that doesn't exist. Yeah. See, that's, like, what I sort of want from my little tiny screen is, like, some sort of, like, informational heads-up display. Mm -hmm. Like, when I'm leaving the leaving the premises. Like, mostly things like, is it going to rain? Like, should I close the windows? Uh, or, like, is there some event that is going to destroy my commute in some way mm -hmm. if I am not aware of that it's happening? Um, that's kind of what I, what I'm hoping for. Maybe it could have like information about my smart, smart, dumb home. Yeah. Um, Sean, are you, what, uh, are, are you all in on the Alexa sphere? Um, I think just about it. Uh, almost everything I have integrates with Alexa. Okay. Um, so here's a cool thing I learned recently, and this is another thing I was thinking of doing with my Raspberry Pi, but I don't really have a need to yet. Mm -hmm. You can take a Raspberry Pi and turn it into a like many-to-many -many bridge on a HomeKit network. I don't okay. know if you can do this with Alexa, but because HomeKit is all local, there's no cloud to authenticate with. So you can just make a thing that pretends to be a light switch or something. And then when you say, uh, hey, Dingus, turn on the like TV, like what it, what the Raspberry Pi actually does is like it takes that and then it like sends out an infrared thing and turns your TV on, which is not gotcha. like a HomeKit enabled device, it's just something you made. And I think you can do it the other way where you can have it do things that activate different uh, devices that are on HomeKit. Uh, so Sean, you might have to, you might have to learn. So here's the other thing I, it might, you might be saying to yourself, Dan, that sounds like I have to learn some programming, but in my research recently, um, it, there are a lot of people doing stuff like this who do not know how to program. And so there are lots of guides and copy pastes. So if you're, if you're into a nerdy fun time, this could be cool. Something I've been thinking of doing, I have this air conditioner. Let me talk about my air conditioner and how I don't want to replace it because I don't want it to get what maybe Colby got where you you can't unplug it. I think we literally talked about that last week. Okay, right. <laughs> and then we talk about my plan to get a Raspberry Pi to to send infrared signals to it and act as a HomeKit device on my network. No, but I, you might have just explained it. I did you, just explain it. I think you mentioned that you definitely talked about, we talked about the Raspberry Pi. I don't know if you said you were going to send IR signals via HomeKit. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, that's all. That's all I'm saying. Sean, I think this would be a really fun project for you to take on. I'm interested. It would be easy. Well, first of all, it would be fun. I, I, Dan, thank you. You're giving me way too much credit that I don't deserve. And second of all, uh, yeah, you, you pretty much summed up the issue, which is there actually are a couple really great apps for HomeKit uh, heads-up displays. The issue is not everything is HomeKit enabled. So right. to be able to to bridge those is a good idea. I'm, I'll start doing my research. I'm not afraid to put in a little bit of you know, effort. It's called HomeBridge, and like, mm. what happens if you just look up HomeBridge Alexa? 
Homebridge-Alexa, right on NPM. Enable Amazon Alexa access to control Homebridge devices. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, boy. This is intimidating looking. So this is Alexa to HomeKit. But can I do... Hmm. <laughs> yeah, because the hard right. part... Yeah, the hard part is giving it a, a user interface with a permanently on display. Right. That's why I don't know mm. why someone hasn't built this yet. Because it seems like... An, this is what I backed on Kickstarter. I guess it, nobody wants it because they didn't, you know, fund it. But... Yeah... So you want it to be on all the time? Yeah, the one I backed was an e-ink display. I mean, I'm not afraid to, oh, yeah. to just plug in the <gasps> iPad. Okay, here's how someone did it. Oh, my God. I love I love people on the Internet sometimes. So this is a problem, right? You've got this, you've got this Raspberry Pi that you can speak commands to. So that's another thing that people have done is they've, like, made... Apple TVs that act as that HomeKit device that's always on out mm -hmm. of Raspberry Pis, which is pretty dope. But it can't talk to the Amazon Alexa. Like, those two things can't talk. Whatever are you to do? Solution. Attach a speaker to your Raspberry Pi that speaks the commands to an Amazon Alexa sitting right next to it at low volume. Very right nice. <laughs> that is so unnecessary. A kind of genius. Uh, such a good idea. Now, wouldn't that be a fun party trick? You have someone be like, hey, check this out. Be very quiet. Listen. My house talks <laughs> to itself. Like, uh, that, that would be a great, like, sort of, like, art project where, like, you have a house where, like, all the thing, all the computer things communicate to each other by, via sound, sound and somehow. Either they right, talk to each other. Even intelligible like, sound? Yeah, yeah. Your like house just chirping or something. <laughs> My house is talking. Uh, or, or, or like birds, like like bird chirping. Yeah, right. Like, uh, different bird sounds do different things or something. You'd be put in an insane asylum after a couple months of that. <laughs> the birds, they're listening. That's I, very I, Wouldn't it? It could be kind of cool though, because like you could, uh, I don't know. Maybe you get a sense of like things are happening. I don't know. I bet. Yes. I want to do it now. Well, it's like deep, that like the sounds like of nature being replaced by the sound of machines trying to emulate nature. <laughs> that's that's true. Uh, the last thing I have to say about the Raspberry Pi is it gets really, really hot. Mm. Um, I like it is almost uncomfortable to touch if you turn it off and try to pick it up, like on almost any part of it. it do not try to touch like the CPU part. If it's been on. And I'm not even like doing crazy stuff with it. So I'm a little worried about that. Yeah. Have you, uh, do you think you'll purchase a cooling device of some kind? I got heat sinks and I put those on, but I'm not going to purchase fans or anything. <laughs> that seems pretty silly. Yeah. Maybe I'll put, I'll, I'll keep it in liquid nitrogen. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> no fans. Just get a water cooling system. <laughs> You can't have your Raspberry Pi making noise. That defeats the whole point. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Unreal. 
Well, now that we've served up the geek uh, quotient for tonight's episode, uh, I do want to ask you guys, because Colby, you brought this up before the show. Um, If you don't mind, I'll very briefly recap your story. But you went to a food court of sorts, a marketplace that only serves fancy, expensive things from fancy, expensive restaurants. Yeah. So it's called Time Out Market. Apparently, there's one in New York someplace. Um, But there's one near my apartment now. And I went there for dinner, and I had a burger, and it was... Oh, this is right near the old Etsy office. In Dumbo? This describes it as a bi-level waterfront hangout. Who the fuck says (laughs) bi-level? Showcasing a curated lineup of local food and drink plus cultural events. Uh Okay. Yeah. And I don't know. So that's what it is. Uh, I just wanted to get some food quickly. I did get food quickly, so okay. like that felt good. I was just pretty disappointed with the the burger that I that I received. Your sixteen dollar like, burger. Yeah, I could have walked a Tasty Burger and saved ten bucks. Well, that was my going to be my question for for you guys is, can you recall other than this a time when you spent a stupid amount of money on food that you could have gotten significantly cheaper? <sighs> In another situation, but like, but hey, like, live in New York. No, but like, what? But, like, but the food would have been bit like, yeah, like Colby went to a food court essentially and got a $16 burger. You know, I went, I might, the one that I recall is I went to MetLife Stadium and I know food is expensive in base in, in sports stadiums, but I was on the club level and I paid $12.50 for a hot dog, one hot dog, $12.50, wow. and it was at best average. Right. I mean, it was it big. Was it was like it was like a, a big one and it had like fancy shit on top of it. Um, it was I remember it was twenty dollars for the hot dog and a soda. Yeah. Whew. And it, it was absolutely not I, worth it. I mean, I feel like I've definitely gotten like 15 plus dollar beers at a baseball game. Like definitely like they were like the tall cans, but still. Crazy. They have you over a barrel. I feel yeah. like airports are kind of like that too. Any place I can get, I can really, and you're like, I cannot believe I paid, you know, $13 for some eggs. <laughs> um, the place where, uh, I go to like boxing classes, there's a juice bar in the, like, there's like a couple of fitness places and then there's like this juice bar mm-hmm. and we usually go at night and the juice bar is never open. So I always wanted to go to the juice bar. And one time we went on a Saturday, um, like in the afternoon and the juice bar was open. I was like, dope, I'm going to get some juice. So I went to get some juice. Um, they didn't have any, they weren't serving juice right then. So I had to settle for a smoothie. I don't know why smoothies are cool and not juice, but the, uh, yes so i wasn't not even processing i like got a smoothie paid for it walked away and then i realized the smoothie was ten dollars yeah dollars i mean you get two smoothies at jamba juice for that that's crazy yeah yeah so that that was it was like a pretty good smoothie it seemed fresh but like ten dollars i don't know what was in it probably money they probably just blended right up your money 
<laughs> right. Like three of the three or four of those dollars just went straight into the blender. Yep. To, yeah. to serves you right. Yeah. Uh, needless to say, well, actually, I haven't been back there at a time when the juice bar was open, but I'm pretty sure I won't be getting juice. I should have been suspicious because there was no price. Like I couldn't find the uh, price on the menu. Just <sighs> just one time, I would like a place with no prices on the menu to be like that smoothie will be three hundred dollars. <laughs> be like what? Well, price isn't up there. You should have asked. I'm out. Yeah. Crazy. Do you do you have a thing like this, Sean? Oh, you said the hot the dogs. hot dogs. I don't I don't eat too many fancy expensive things in general. Uh, I did. I went. I went this past weekend. Uh, the group of us have a event this weekend. We're all going to where we have to dress up, and I only own one black suit. Does not look good at weddings. So I said, I'm finally going to go buy a suit. I went to go buy a suit. They ended up talking me into buying two suits and a bunch of other Classic. shit. And then they yeah. told me the amount of money at the end, and I'm like, like, and they're not. Exp- I want to be very crystal clear here. These are not designer suits. These are not expensive suits because I wear suits like four times a year. And yeah, I still saw the bill and was like, whoa, did not want to spend that much on suits. Yeah. For a guy who Um, does not wear suits. Did you go to the men's warehouse? Unfortunately, I went to the men's warehouse. Yeah, that's uh, sounds like my experiences at the men's warehouse as well. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the real question, though, Sean do you like the way you look? I mean, they do guarantee it. Um, I'll find out. I don't even have the damn suit. I don't get the suit until Friday. Oh man. And one of the suits. And then the other suits is on the other suits on order. So right. I don't, maybe they just swindled me out of a bunch of money. And Sean, this, this sounds like exactly what I did last year. <laughs> did you like have every to get guy suits, a certain Colby? age? Yeah. Cause last year for, um, it was for Kaylee's wedding, I guess. Friend of the show, Kaylee's, who probably doesn't watch the show. Um, I I had a suit, but I went and it just didn't like fit at all. Um, like needed to be taken in all over the place. So and they were I went and they were like, you should just get a new suit. I was like, fine. And then they were like, oh, well, we have this thing going on where you give us your old suit and you get like 30% off a suit or something. And I was like, okay, "Okay, that sounds good. I'll just get a new suit. And, but like in my time constraints, I, I, there was only one certain kind that they could do. They could do like the tailoring in time to get it before the wedding, but the discount couldn't apply to that one. So I was like, The exact same thing happened where like by the end I like I had two suits, like a dress shirt and a couple of ties. And I was like <sighs> But to be fair, and I have to present some photo evidence here, this is us at that wedding, right? Yeah. Notice how one of us is looking super fly in his dope suit and the other looks like a pole bearer. That's true. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry for the vi- you got to watch the video version to get this, but but uh, I Colby, it was your suit at the wedding. I'm like, Colby looks good in that suit. I really got to get a real suit. This, this is not you, working for me anymore. Did you get a gray suit? Are we gonna match this time? I got no. Well, I, the one I'll have for this wedding's uh, blue, um, like a like navy. Uh, my other's like a darker charcoal than that. So 
We should be oh, okay. We might match then, Sean. There's only so many color suits come in, so I'm sure I'll match yeah. somebody. <laughs> Three colors. Are you gonna got in a white suit? But I, that would have been very funny. <laughs> people thought I, people would have thought I was getting married. <laughs> it goes to you. Oh, congratulations! Be like, thank you, thank you. I'll take your money now, please. Uh, but anyway, so stay tuned uh, to the show next week to find out how my suit went. Very. Hopefully, excited. I'll have one. Um, alrighty, guys. Unless you have any other banter and back and forth. No, I'm ready to go. Ready to go for tech news. Stories here I've never even heard about. Our, well, there wasn't much news this week. It was Comic Con this week, so a lot of kind of entertainment nerd news. Not a lot in the way of technology. They're kind of are quiet this week. Um, as I mentioned, I think I mentioned this last week, but we're in the quiet period for tech news for the year. Stuff won't pick up until closer to back to school in August. Uh, but that's not going to stop us from talking about it. Guys, where are we going to start? We can start with any of these stories or. You know what? While you're looking, oh, you know what we have to. Uh, no, sorry, I, I knew what we had to talk about. The I, I think we have to start with the face app. The face app. The face app. Taking the, the, this seemed seemed like it kind of blew up in between last week and this week. It right? wasn't a thing last week. That's what's crazy about it. Yep, it's a te- textbook definition of viral. Um, and if you haven't heard about it, FaceApp is a uh, is an app that applies filters to photos. It uses AI to determine what you look like when you're older. Um, that's really basically it. You select specific photos. Um, it, they then upload that image to their servers to apply the filter and then send it back to you to show you what you like, look like when you're old. You may have seen these over Twitter and Facebook and in other places. However, that's not really where the controversy is at. The controversy comes in uh, because it is a Russia-owned app, or a Russia-based app, I should say. Um, And there was concern that all of your photos are being, that you apply to the app, are being uploaded to their servers in Russia. Um, There was also some, what folks claim to be suspect language in the company's um, privacy policy and user agreement that said they have the perpetual rights, et cetera, et cetera, to your photos and can use them in perpetuity, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there, it also says that your data can be transferred to any location where they have a facility, including Russia. Uh, the policy probably isn't GDPR compliant, says lawyer experts. Um, the photos are uploaded to AWS, but then they have the option to send it out uh, from there, and you can't delete your photos off of that server. Though FaceApp claims um, that they can, uh, that you can, uh, that they don't keep copies of your photos; they only keep them temporarily to apply the filter. Well, yeah. So I will say that that that, from what I understand, is common uh, legal language. Like we reserve the right to do whatever we want with your photos. Yeah, probably. For some crazy, like, liability reason, like, oh, if we accidentally did something to your photos, then by having this language in the contract, we, prov- we protect ourselves from getting sued. Right. Boilerplate language. Right. So there's that. But the the Russia connection, I don't know, is suspicious. Yeah, I mean, I think if this app were based in Sweden, I don't think people would be as concerned about it. I think that's the issue. Well, then it would have had to be GDPR, GDPR compliant. Right. So I guess people in Europe couldn't use this app then, right? 
How does that work? I think you have to be to do business in Europe. Like my company is based in the U.S. and we have to be GDPR compliant for our customers in Europe. Right. So it's not about where you're based. It's about where the customer's based. Right. So here's a question. What is their business model? FaceApp. Did they say like how they make money? Not that I know of. I haven't tried it. Because mm-hmm. if they don't say how they make money, like they, that's all you, even if it was a company in the United States, then I wouldn't use it. <laughs> you know? This is a company that runs on AWS, so it's expensive. And. Oh, there's a pro version. I don't know what you get with pro. Pro version. Mm-hmm. Here we go. FaceApp Pro. You can subscribe to get filters, updates, useful style filters. They're renewable, $3.99 a month. So there is a subscription. Useful style filters? What does that mean? I mean, I'm sure the person who wrote this probably English is their second language. So um, I have absolutely no idea what you get for that. Okay. Although I do like all of these very suspicious sounding comments on the uh, App Store. Okay. Like this one that was written today that says, uh, crazy accurate and not unsafe. All the people claiming that FaceApp steals all your photos and sends them to the Russian government are just feeding into ignorant Russophobia, which I don't think is a word. Um, yeah. And then it goes on to explain it in a way that sounds like it's written by FaceApp. Have you guys ever written reviews on the App Store? I've never done that. Literally never. A Wikipedia entry, R- Russophobia. Huh. No, I've never written a review on anything ever in my entire life. Like, who does that? that? Have you ever written, like, a tip on Foursquare? Like, uh... maybe a couple, but they're, they're actual tips. Like, get the X, or the bathroom's over here. Or, my friend, uh, whose house this is, super duper sucks. <laughs> like that. The the only review I can ever recall writing, and Colby knows this, is was for the Ramada Inn in, in, oh. in Fishkill when we stayed there on an alumni weekend once. Literally oh, the man. worst hotel I've ever stayed in in my entire life. That was a weird one. That may be the only review I've ever written. That place was bad. I did write a review for the Buffalo Wild Wings that we yeah. uh, we stayed at, for lack of a better word. <laughs> that you were legally unable to leave? We, we, we did. We uh, sat there for stayed there. some amount of time. I've never eaten at a Buffalo Wild Wings. Me either. I never have, never have since, never will. Neither have I, and yeah. I wasn't even there for that, so mm-hmm. I just think it's a crappy there restaurant. For that? No. No, it was me, you, and Tom Crescenzi. Oh, boy, real troublemakers. Maybe Joe was there? I don't know. Maybe Joe was there. Oh, I, in, your, in my mind, Sean, you're there. I don't. Oh, that's very sweet. No, I, was, I certainly heard the story, but I was not there, no. No, I just don't like Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> Actually, Joe definitely wasn't there, because he would have been riled up. <laughs> uh, Lack of a better term. Yeah. So that's basically all we know about FaceApp. Other than it's the number one most popular app in the App Store at the moment. Really? Still? Uh, It was as of yesterday. I don't know what it is Mm -hmm. today. Wow. I've been this whole time, this whole time I've been trying to think of a good joke that's like how FaceApp is something for uh, a front for the many-faced god or something. 
Um, wow. But I couldn't couldn't Keep really get on there. It. It's there, yeah. That was my intent. <laughs> I just like the idea that how easy it is to get an at like how how would you get a photo, a nice clear photo of every single American's face? Like that sounds really hard, and it's like no, just make a <laughs> stupid app that like just makes them look old. Yeah. And, like, have you've done have it. any of you face apped? No. No, I haven't. And it's not have because you? of the privacy no. thing. I just think it's stupid. <laughs> yeah, you I, know, I, it doesn't really sound appealing to me. I I did do the Google uh, doppelganger one. Not mm. that Google the, didn't the, already the art, photo. The art, uh, yes, the yeah. art, 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 art doppelganger. I think did didn't Microsoft do one that is like what dog you look like or something? <laughs> I think this was years ago, and I think I put my photo in that, and they're like, you look like, I don't remember what dog it was. Oh, we have to know, Sean. I know, but this was why, maybe it's still a thing, I don't know, but that was fun. Yeah. 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 There you go. Thank you. The wonders of AI working for you. Working for someone. Yeah. Um... All right. Well, that's face app. Face app. All right. I think we should go right down the line. Intel and Apple. Intel and Apple. This was late, in heaven. late late breaking today. Apple reportedly in talks to buy Intel's modem business for one billion. That's with a B dollars. Um, one Instagram. Uh, this coming from the Wall Street Journal. The deal could be announced as early as next week. Let's rewind the tape. If you've been watching the show for a while, we've talked about the big Qualcomm Apple um lawsuit and issues they've had back and forth because uh qualcomm leader in 5g modems intel not as much however apple relied on intel for all current iphone modems wanted to use qualcomm for future modems but because of issues with qualcomm and they had the lawsuit and all these things however they just recently settled the lawsuit with the agreement that apple would use qualcomm chips moving forward intel essentially said we're done if apple's not buying our chips they're the biggest chip buyer on the planet we're not even going to bother trying. And so they decided they were going to sell their chip division to whoever wanted to buy it. Apple is now putting up the money uh, to do so for about $1 million. They'll get mostly patents and employees for that. Their plan is, uh, as far as we know, to still buy Qualcomm chips at least until a few years down the line when they may roll out their own chip like they did with ARM. Interesting. Uh, Apple decided Intel couldn't provide the 5G modem in a time frame that would make it ready. That's what forced Apple to settle that lawsuit. Um, and now they're going to uh, buy what's left of Intel's business. I mean, if if this is all planned out, that was, that's brilliant. You know? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure before settling the lawsuit, Apple had a talk with Intel and said, you know, can you do it? And they said no. And they said, well, if you can't do it, we got to get somebody else. And, uh, you know. Well, right. But uh, but isn't it the case that Apple was, was like, hey, you need to make us a 5G modem. Intel said no. And then... Apple was like, well, we'll buy you then. And they were in talks, I think, to buy Intel. And then, like, the talks were, were not proceeding to Apple's satisfaction. Then they settled the lawsuit with Qualcomm. And now suddenly it appears that the uh, talks are going a little bit better. Which makes sense because now in Intel doesn't have any leverage anymore. Mm. They could always go with uh, Qualcomm. Well, and there were stories dating back to last year about Apple 
um, setting up a division with an Apple to start designing 5G modems themselves. Now, oh, right. yeah. did, they, did they get far enough in that time frame to do anything about it? Who knows? Is this what's, you know, Intel plus what they already have? Does that equal modems? Who knows? But it's certainly something they've been eyeing for a while. Um, it's not the first time they've brought components in-house to try and make them themselves. That's true. But I, I think it definitely does highlight how, how important 5G is um to to apple and all of these mobile companies it's a lot of g sean it's a whole one more g but more than but it's a whole <laughs> one g more than we have now that's right that's right we're it's essentially 25 percent more g mm-hmm. yep. oh someday we'll have 5g and, the, and then we're all gonna have data caps that's gonna make it useless you think so i think so I mean, it's like, they they they've data caps on home internet, which is as fast as five G is, and they data cap you. Oh, okay, but practically you don't have data caps. I don't, you know, I you know we're we're fortunate that we live in places that don't have them, but for sometimes people who do. Oh. Yes, I, in New Zealand it was really bad when I was there. Well, even what is it? Uh, I read this article a week or two ago, and I'm just fudging the number because I don't remember the exact one, but it is something like forty or fifty percent of Americans have a data cap. On their on their IPs on their Man. home IPs. I mean, well, it's more than don't you think. We all have data caps too. Uh, I just like pretty high. Like mine's like five hundred gigabytes or something like that. Oh, I don't have one. There's only one way to find out, Sean. <laughs> Start torrenting. Um, <laughs> no, I uh, no, I don't have one. Um, when I was in Houston, I also didn't have one, but they kept threatening to give me one. Uh, but they are growing and expanding. There's, there are weird rules in the Northeast, if you can believe it or not. The Northeast is one of the few parts of the country that don't have uh, data caps huh. on their ISPs. Nice. Uh, due to like legacy contract things and stuff like that. Um, but they're probably coming. But mm. that's just what worries me about these fast speeds. It's like, oh, great. I got a 100 megabit connection <laughs> on my phone, but I have a 50 gigabyte cap on my data. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like, I don't you know how you square it, those things. through that super fast. You know, but, but I, only like if you're watching 4K video on your phone or something. But that's the point of 5G is I want to watch 4K video on my phone. Right. I don't want to watch 4K video on my phone. I want to. It, uh, right. So this, like th- this is a true story and she doesn't watch the show so I can say it. I went to my sister's house this past weekend to say hello and she was sitting on her couch, which in front of her was, I think, a 65 or 70 inch television, which was off. And she was watching TV on her iPad mini in front of her. And she, I said, why are you doing that? Why are you watching on a TV? I don't know how to get it on the right. TV, she told me. Uh, I think people like whatever's most convenient for them. I, I'm always surprised at how many people I see watching full length television shows on their phones. Yeah. OK, but will they notice the difference between 4K and and? 1080p on their phone I, I know that you can do it on the phone but does the like physics of how big the screen is work out such that you'd notice it all on that size no absolutely not you won't notice the difference but what you will notice is just the general smoothness lack of buffering lack of interruptions right you'll notice that more right, right. <laughs> that's what i want 5g for and i want i want 5g for like oh like sometimes i want to download like a 50 megabyte podcast and I'm going to download it either way, but it can take like almost a minute on on LTE. But that's the problem uh, I have is LTE 
there's almost nothing that isn't fast enough on LTE for me. I mean, maybe I felt that way before HD television and then, you know, oh, standard definition is fine. And then you get, but I'm just saying it's data caps that prevent me from doing things, not slow LTE. Mm -hmm. You know, but then again, it's the whole argument of, well, once we're all wearing AR smart glasses, we'll be pushing more traffic through there and more Bluetooth devices will be pushing more traffic. And, you know, we'll need more bandwidth for things that don't exist yet. Mm Hmm. What's uh what's the latest on when are we gonna have five G tomorrow? Five <laughs> uh, G's testing in major cities. Um, I've seen some speed tests in Europe that do put it over a hundred gigabit um, in the transmission. They announced uh, the first five G hotspot for Verizon. I saw this past week, um, but Apple rumors say you're not gonna get a phone with five G this year, um, and it's questionable for next year. I see. It'll all depend on how fast the carriers roll it out. Now, does it is it good for uploading too? Like, will oh, yeah. I be able to? Uh, nice. I'll be able to. Be, it will right. likely be faster than your home internet if it's implemented correctly, and you know there are enough towers and all that. That's pretty crazy. Well, they're talking about moving people's home internet to five G because the bandwidth that, could be there now is this why comcast has like a comcast mobile thing now that's why everybody's jumping on 5g because the your car will run on it and your phone and your home internet and all your devices and th- there's enough bandwidth there okay now now i'm getting excited <laughs> i mean it's good in theory the problem is the businesses that run it i, I hate to be mr downer anti-capitalist right. guy but 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 yeah i know it's not being anti-capitalist. You're being a capitalist. You being wish realistic. that there was more uh, competition. competition. Yes, that's right. Yes. Well, if, me- if Comcast creates their own cell network because they're worried about getting their un- lunch, their lunch eaten, their lunch eaten by AT and T, uh, then I that would be really excited about that. It yeah. would be, but then you see Sprint and T-Mobile probably will merge at some point this year, um, so you're losing some competition. Yep. Hmm. But that's happening either way. True. Yeah. True. 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 But it is true. exciting. I mean, you think about what 4G was able to do. I mean, that that did change a lot in terms of adoption of mobile technology, mm-hmm. tablets, other smart devices. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's made shows like this possible. Don't panic. Brought to you by the internet um <laughs> computers computers buy one uh okay do they still have commercials for computers i don't know i haven't seen the commercial Dude, i was just getting adele uh remember that those are simple remember the gateway and the cows yes those simpler times those, those boxes were iconic they were they were is Gateway even a company anymore? No, they've long, they got bought by I think HP maybe years I and think years, it was HP. many many yeah. years ago. <laughs> you know what's really funny is I think we might have thrown it out, but I think in my grandmother's attic, for some reason it's still up there. the The very first computer we ever owned, which was a compact that ran compact that ran ms dos i've got to see if i can pull that out it might be running windows 3.1 i think was the last operating system we had on it wow that's pretty old 
It's it's shocking. I didn't know old. Compaq was around back then. Oh yeah, they they were they've been around for a long time, um, and it might still have all the original stuff on it. So I gotta see one of these days. Oh, I gotta, be, I gotta get so up there cool. and pull that out. That would be fun. Um, alrighty. Uh, what's the time here? We can do we can do one more story, or we can move on to picks. All right, one. The last story is going to be the the Twitter airline story. <laughs> oh, you know how much I love when companies on Twitter do dumb shit. Uh, a good old social media snafu. Yep, and this is a really good one from our fine folks at KLM. You guys ever fly KLM? I don't think I have. Great airline. No, I've heard good things though. I used to fly them all the time going to uh, to the Netherlands, and they were uh, and they were great. I was a fan. Um, I think uh, a lot of people. Uh... Work people like KLM, but I think it may, may be hard to get uh, flights for us because it tends to be more expensive than other things to go to Sweden. Yeah, um, but well, it's the Royal Airline. It's um, the champagne of airlines. Yeah. <laughs> well, the fine Post- folks at KLM India uh, posted a tweet uh, the other day on Tuesday. Um, the tweet read, quote, Uh, According to data studies by time, the fatality rate for the seats in the middle of the plane is the highest. However, the fatality rate for the seats in the front is marginally uh, less less, and is least for the seats at the rear third of the plane. It wasn't written very well. Hashtag Trivia Tuesday. Hashtag facts. Um, (laughs) With a graphic that said the seats at the back of the plane are the safest. Uh, the tweet has since been deleted and they issued an apology, which read, according to uh, which... Uh, We would like to sincerely apologize for recent update. The post was based on publicly available uh, aviation fact and isn't a KLM opinion. It was never our intention to hurt anyone's sentiments. This post has since been deleted. Um, The post was based on publicly available aviation fact, but is not KLM's opinion? I don't get it. I would think it would be in the airline's best interest to have a neutral opinion about what part of... The plane. But they also just admitted that that was a fact. That's true, but that's not their opinion. You don't have to agree with a fact. Yeah, but (laughs) whether or not you agree with it doesn't change the fact that it's true. That's the nature of a fact. I agree. I agree. It's like studies show that, you know, studies show milk is good for growing bones, but that's not my opinion. That's just what the facts say. Okay. Now... Now, is it, studies actually not show that, and this was just a con by the milk industry this whole time? You know, I've been seeing, because I'm the only one who watches cable anymore, but I see commercials for, like it's like professional athletes, have you seen these? And they're like playing tennis really hard, or like shooting basketball really hard, and they take a big swig of chocolate milk, and the whole spot <sighs> is low-fat chocolate milk has what you need to recover as an athlete. And I don't yeah, want to sound like, like an old curmudgeon, like, you know, what's the world coming to? And, but honestly, that sucks. <laughs> right. Just like, have a Gatorade. Come on. If, <laughs> if, you're, <laughs> if you're an athlete and you're like so desperate for money, you're taking milk's money to promote chocolate milk. It's like, it really, is it worth it? Maybe chocolate milk is lucrative. <laughs> Big milk is paying for it. They got that got yeah. milk money. It's got to be lucrative. It's got to be people drink. People love milk. Um, yeah. So that's what KLM said. I, I feel, as someone who manages a company Twitter account, I feel for them. Yeah. Now, if, they, if they were really shrewd, they would rearrange the seats on the plane so the more expensive ones 
we're in the uh, the middle of the statistical point. safe zones. Uh, I mean, that, that, and honestly, that can add that to the features like you're less likely to die in the event of a crash. And those seats are cheaper. Um, yeah, as somebody who has to come up with a post every single day, I understand when you get to the bottom of the barrel and are trying to make up shit to talk about. John, <laughs> did you know I'm also managing a company Twitter account? I follow your company's Twitter account. That's, I didn't, that's me. I didn't all know those, you managed it. All those low quality tweets the past month. I would say good quality, low quantity. I want more. Uh, okay. Well, I am told that I should be doing more, so... <laughs> oh my god, Dan, can we start like one of those fake intercompany Twitter beefs? <laughs> you, know, you know, like Wendy's tweets at Moon Pies, tweets at Quiznos or whatever? Oh my god, is there some sort of tech pun with roofs? Hmm. Holy, can you think of anything? Um, well, I, I, can, I need, I need I to can, tweet something like the ceiling. We think the ceiling of this industry has no limit. And then I can say, go screw yourself. <laughs> we make screws. <laughs> but I'll say that in parentheses because we make screws. Get it? Right. Or, or you just have to do like, have you seen the depressed brands thing that was going around for a while? No. There was, uh, see, I'm not gonna remember any of these specific company names involved, but there was a company who was like, who tweeted like, I don't want to live anymore was like they tweeted just that they tweeted that and then like a bunch of other brands were all commenting on it like no you have so much to live for and like it was really messed up and there, or it was like if the company was buffalo wild wings it was like you know applebee's was like hey chilies go talk to them or something like they had a whole bunch of brands getting in on it dean you could do that for your account so just weird. just be suicidally depressed that i don't think would go over well but you'd get attention that's all. That's what it's all about. Maybe. I'm not sure if you would or not. You have to remember, Dan, I'm a social media expert. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, Alrighty, guys, why don't we go ahead and move on to picks? This is the part of the show where each of us brings something we want to share with the world, something cool we're enjoying. We think you might enjoy, too. And considering all the blanks in the spreadsheet, I guess Colby goes first by default. Oh boy! I wouldn't take it personally. <laughs> it's a podcast. Ahead. Yeah, um, it's a podcast called Mission to Zix. It is a comedy podcast. It is at least somewhat improvisational, but I, I don't think it's entirely improvised. Um, it's definitely like edited and stuff, but the it's like it's just like a silly, uh, silly bullshit podcast set on like a spaceship. Uh, and they have a lot of fun. They seem to have a lot of fun. They make make fun of like uh, tropes from spaceship movies. Um, it's pretty enjoyable. I started from the beginning. I think I'm almost done with season one. Um, but it's good. You, it's one of those things. Like the episodes, I think are a half hour usually. Yeah, they're, but they're like, short. Yeah, I usually just queue them up and I'll listen to a few once I'm out of other podcasts to listen to. So check it out. It's amusing. It's a. I don't I don't know what the word is. Sometimes it's crude humor, but it's amusing nonetheless. Sweet mission to Zizix ZYXX. Um <laughs> This is great. I, you know, the, the the issue I have with ones like shows like this is that, uh, uh, hello from the uh, 
Magic Tavern has that where it's like, ah, I'm worried about jumping in because there's so much backstory. Yeah. So um, Mission to Zix, it, don't let it deceive you. Mm. The like the most recent episode is like 300 something. Um, there are not 300 episodes. They just do like season one is like 101, 102. Right. Yeah. Right. And then they did like, I don't know, like 15 episodes or something. And then season two is 201, 202. Um, Cause that's what, when I started, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm already trying to finish Roderick on the line. And that was, <laughs> that was a whole thing. So I'm officially less than a year out from the, uh, <laughs> where they currently are. That's what I really need. Dan is like uh, some sort of dashboard that tells yeah. me how uh, if I'm progressing at this point, I'm only doing one Roderick on the line a week, so I'll uh, I'll never finish. Well, they sometimes uh, go like three weeks of that one. So I think you're probably still out ahead. Minimal progress. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, I will say this may be a hot take, but I think this one is funnier than hello from the magic tavern. Okay. Well, then I'm going to start this one first. Check it out wherever you get podcasts. We'll also have the link on the website. Uh, mine's a quick one. And then uh, Dan, you kind of already previously mentioned yours, but we'll let you get into more detail in a minute here. Um, this is the first in a long line of cat accessories. I will be picking here on the show. First up the litter genie. Um, I'm sure you guys have heard of a diaper genie, uh, which you put, dirty diapers in if you have a baby. Uh, this is kind of the same idea. The annoying thing about having a litter box is when you scoop it, you either have to have some kind of trash can right there or you carry it in the scoop across the house or you have like a trash... You have to scoop it into something. And if your litter box is nowhere near a trash can, it's very inconvenient. That's where the litter genie comes in. It's this plastic pail-looking contraption that you scoop the waste into, but it's got two compartments that are separated. So you scoop it in, then you pull it out, it falls in, you close it. And so it's air sealed. And so you, over a week, you fill it up with the cat's waste. It's right next to the litter box. So you just scoop it right in. It doesn't have any odor. It works great. It comes with, and then at the end of the week, you cut the bag, you start a new one and you're good to go. So um, just a nice little accessory to make cleaning your litter box uh, a little bit easier. And it's not expensive. It's uh, 18 bucks right now on Amazon and worth every penny uh, to not have to um, scoop it somewhere else. So check out the uh, Litter Genie. It's somewhere to put your poop. Uh, Okay. Dan, uh, what's your your final pick? What are you going to do for us here? I'm just going to pick the pie hole, which is a thing you can sell in Raspberry Pi to block ads. And we talked about the top of the show. I don't have much more to say. It's pretty easy to install. Um, Get yourself Raspberry Pi and play around with stuff. Have fun. Yeah, this is great. This is a lot of fun. Uh, Pi-hole.net. Yep. Um, Or visit our website. Sweet, guys. That's it. We gone done it. We Gosh gone darn. done it. We done get it. We done it again. Done get it. Uh, anything you guys would like to plug or promote? No. No, not yet. Someday. But soon. But soon. Someday. At this point, probably not until a month from now, because it's just weddings the rest of the summer. But but soon eventually um 
Wait, well, I'll do what I do at the end of every one of these episodes. It's a rare July because I actually know what's going to happen on the show this week. So I'll quickly plug this week's Up for Debate. Um, last week, I asked Matt some this or that questions. This week, Matt is going to ask me some this or that questions. And the fun part is I don't remember what any of those questions are because we taped it a month ago. So um, it's fun. It's a mystery. But I know we had a lot of fun. It's coming out later this week at UpForDebate.tv or wherever you get podcasts. Just search Up for Debate. Um, this show is at Don'tPanic.io. It's a wonderful website built by these two gentlemen. <laughs> Uh, you can go there and get all the episodes, the audio, the video, and of course, links to all the pics is there. You can also subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Uh, just search Don't Panic. And of course, the video version's on YouTube as well. And you can get a hold of us at don'tpanicshow at gmail.com or tweet at us, Don't Panic Show over there. Um, that's going to do it. We're going to wrap it up here. Uh, we'll be back next Monday with more exciting show. You can join us live at about 1015 Eastern over at Facebook.com slash Don't Panic Show or on Twitch at Twitch.tv slash Don't Panic Show. Uh, we read your comments on air. We appreciate everyone who was able to join us tonight and hang out with us. Always a treat. Um, but that's going to do it uh, tonight. Hopefully next week will be a little bit cooler, a little bit drier. Uh, until then, uh, they are Colby and Dan. I'm Sean. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time for another Don't Panic. This has been a Coffee and Beer production. Executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.